Tuesday Travel on the Hard Shoulder. Ah, uh, Fjord Davenport, we worked it out. If music be the food of love, Kieran, Istanbul. play on. Play well, it's Constantinople. Istanbul, yes, that's where we're going. And I said before... Byzantium before that. Byzantium. Also, um, what's the other one they called it? Byzantium, Istanbul, and there's another name that's just absolutely just blanking. Right. Originally Byzantium, then Constantinople. Yeah, that's what the song was just said. Istanbul was Constantinople. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, sorry, that's what I was blanking. Um, Before the break, I said that it was New York for 2,000 years and more. And by that, I mean... The arguably the most important city in the Western Hemisphere, straddling Asia, Europe. It's been a centre of trade for all of that time. It's also, it's where the Silk Road ended. Okay. So, or began. Mm. And so traders coming from as far as, you know, the Chinese, as far as China would come. And so this this fulcrum of trade and culture and activity and the city that grew up around it on this stunning spot, like, as I said, straddling the two continents, but on the Bosphorus and the Golden Horn. And it is, to the, and to my mind, it's one of the most exciting destinations you could possibly go to. And honest to God, I know I'm looking at the clock and I'm going, do you have mm-hmm. a couple of hours? There's that much to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so you won't like me eating into your time by telling you the story. It could have been called Oxford. So the Bosphorus means cow crossing. It's just a derivative of the Greek oh, okay. for cow crossing. And it's to do with the story of Io. So Io was kind of a, was a human uh, princess or queen that Zeus like was... Like most princesses. Zeus okay. was having his end away with. Right. Hera found out about it and cursed her by turning her into a cow that would be tormented by a gadfly. And so tormented was Io as a cow that she jumped clean across the strait of water and it became called the cow crossing, the Bosphorus. Actually, that so is it's a great... Basically, it's I just didn't the, know, but that's a great Oxford. story. Oxford oh, is cow crossing. Oxford. Cow okay. crossing. Or Boher. Our word for road is just cow it's, path. Yeah, cow path. Yeah. So it's a Jeez, you're a clever Could have fella. been Boher, could have been Oxford, but it's Bosphorus. We'll just call it Boher. Yeah. So straddling the Boher. Straddling the Boher. Um, Istanbul. Istanbul. And uh, in, and then Istanbul. I think the bull not related to <laughs> bovine. No, 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 okay. No connection. <laughs> Istanbul is amazing and it's it's like multiple cities in one. So you've got, um, so the Asian side, which is more residential and it's gigantic. I mean, there's a city of whatever it is. We don't really know. Is it 16 million people? Is it 18 million people? I mean, only because so many people from the rest of Turkey migrate into the city for work, et cetera, et cetera. And also from the wider area. Yeah. And... So you have on the Asian side, you have these vast, like, I mean, but very authentic, great restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. And then on the near, on the European side, you have Sultanahmet, which is the old city, which is the old Roman and Greek city. And that's where you'll find the bulk of the major highlights. And that's very traditional. That's really traditional Turkish uh, minarets and and everything that you'd expect. The the more traditional Turkish Part of it is on the European side. It's the oldest, yeah, the oldest. And then you cross the Golden Horn and the Galata Bridge and you're in Beolu. And Beolu is, for all intents and purposes, modern European Istanbul. Which, honest to God, like you're walking along and you, you could be in Milan or you could be, you know what I mean? It really does have that feel. It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel uh, at all like you're in in uh, a Muslim country at all. 
you know, this is very kind of cosmopolitan, uh, very elegant. Not that Sultana Met and the Asian side isn't, but it's just yeah. it's very much of its of its character. Well, what's the best time of year to go to Istanbul? Um, spring and autumn, I would say. So now, because like in summertime, it's broiling hot and and having been there in January, oh my God, does it get cold in January? Oh, really? Oh, okay. Like bone chillingly cold. Okay. So spring um, and autumn. And um, then go Turkish Airlines, fly direct from Dublin. So highlights then, as you say, we could spend hours talking the about Aya this. The Hagia Sophia. Okay. So Hagia Sophia built under, by Emperor Justinian in the sixth century as a Roman temple. Um, like, I mean, we're talking soaring, when you hear soaring dome, I mean, it's gigantic. It, um, it became a mosque. It was looted by crusaders in the 13th century. It was stormed by Ottoman invaders during the conquest of 1453. Um, and uh, since becoming a museum, it's been visited by millions. But it's like, it's got all of that history. It's got Ottoman, Byzantine, Roman, all in this one building. The uh, the Ottoman emperors all lived in Topkapi Palace, which is literally like steps away from the Hagia Sophia. And, and like, this is on the... In Sultanahmet. Okay. Yes, yeah, so on the European side. Okay. And the Topkapi Palace is amazing. It's, it's, it, it's a huge museum, but it's where the harem... You see the harem, you see the collection of all like Ottoman jewels. I mean, then you realise how wealthy the Ottoman emperors really, really were. Um, I'm going to step away for a second. You mentioned the Bosphorus. Getting mm. a ferry. Now, there's two ways to experience the Bosphorus. By ferry, you can take just the... The the the, the way Jason and the Argonauts experienced this. So, so, you see, I'm not kidding. There are myth. There are so many myths that mm. are centred on this part of the world. That like you feel like... This is so weird to be here. This is where Jason and the Argonauts were. Um, you can do it either by uh, just ordinary passenger ferry, which is like people, residents who are moving across from the European to the Asian side, or you can take the tourist ferry. I would recommend the tourist ferry because it does a slightly more secure, circuitous route and takes you past the beautiful villas on the water. And you get, I don't know, you get a sense of the elegance. Yeah. The Bosphorus ferry. Go to the bazaars, okay? Now, not just... The Grand Bazaar, although most people who go to Istanbul go to the absolutely enormous Grand Bazaar, which is incredible. Um, you could spend hours in here and even if you never buy a thing, it's just worth just wandering about and all the different shops and carpets and plastic things. And and, and how much of this is kind of uh, like in a lot of people's minds, Grand Bazaar, if they haven't been there, they're imagining kind of Arabian Nights yes. type kind of bazaar. Yeah. Is that what it's like? Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, but I mean... It's like the silk market in Beijing is basically flogging knocked off iPhones. There's a touch of that, for <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, more than a touch, I'd say. But it's also <laughs> like tradition. Like, I mean, leather goods, carpets, obviously, uh, and spices. And as much Aberbombian ditch as you can, <laughs> as you can wear. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Um, but also what I would say is the Spice Bazaar is really, really good. So if you go into tactile. Takale, I think it's pronounced, which is kind of the shopping district and on the far end of it. Now, these are all relatively short distance to walk. So yeah. you're doing all this on foot. You get to and the Spice And are we still Bazaar. on the European side yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, we're oh, all wow, in okay. Sultan. This is all confined to this one area. Um, the most beautiful mosque of many, many, well, certainly I haven't visited every mosque in, in Istanbul, is the, the Suleiman or the Suleimanye Mosque. It's stunningly beautiful. It's It's... Yeah, it's the one built by Suleiman the Magnificent. So, and, you know, the greatest of the Ottoman emperors. And uh, 
so anyway, so this was built between 1550 and 1557, and um, it's the the complex is largely intact. Okay. So that's what makes it so special. Now, this is one. This is one that uh, I'm kind of really working through them. The Basilica Cistern. So again, another site that's relatively close to all the others. The Basilica Cistern. This is the Byzantine network for water, pumping water throughout okay. the old city. However, and your thinking is, is like, I'm going to get in underneath this, like there's 336 columns underground on like a water basin. That's all underground. Yeah. Now, the reason why, and the first time I went, I'm like, why do I even recognize this? <laughs> like I've never been. Because it features in From Russia With Love, you know, the James Bond yes. film. Yes. Yeah. Oh, very the good. The boat chase in yes. the Basilica. It's in the Basilica Cistern. But it's like, <laughs> if only just from like, and I'm not, my brother's an architect, I'm not, but like even just the sheer scope and and breadth of uh, both imagination and just accomplishment of building this. And it's where all of the water for the city was originally kind of pumped out of this place. Isn't that incredible? It's absolutely to astonishing. Think when it was built. Yeah. So this was built, oh my God, it's directly opposite the Hagia Sophia. So was it built in the 1500s, the 1400s? Yeah. There you go. Wow. Uh, so the Blue Mosque as yeah. well. That's kind of a very well-known one. Yeah. So... This was, so this was the grand project of Sultan Ahmet I, who uh, died aged 27 in 1617. So yes, he also succumbed to the rock and roll, the the deadly age that felled Kurt Cobain and Janis Joplin <laughs> and Jimi Hendrix, 27 years old. The 27 club. Yeah. So, and, and again, this is very, very beautiful. Um, it's on the far end of... Uh, the park. So on one end you've got the Isophia and the other end you've got the Blue Mosque. I mentioned the Suleimania Mosque has been more beautiful, but it's much of a muchness. This is quite stunning. Yeah. It's very popular and it is kind of the ubiquitous, or I was going to say the ubiquitous, the it, it's the recognisable that with the Hagia Sophia is when you see pictures of Istanbul. Yeah. If you're buying a postcard to send home when you you're see over the there, mosque. this is probably honest. Um, I'm going to mention also the Hammam, which is, you know, if you're in Turkey, it's like you don't come to Ireland and you don't come to Ireland without having a pint of Guinness. You don't go to Turkey without going to a hammam, to the, the, the hot baths, the steam baths. Okay. They are, it's a tradition that's a thousand years old, more, sorry, 2000 years old, brought by the Romans mm. and, uh, and improved by the Byzantines and then the Ottomans after that. The two, one of the most popular ones is the Chamberlitas Hammam in the Bazaar district. So near the Grand Bazaar, which is from 1584. Very good. I've been a bunch of times. Yeah. You can get like a big, burly Turkish masseuse to really need those muscles. But the building itself is beautiful. Marble with the steam growing. But the one that I loved on the other side of the Golden Horn, so across the Galata Bridge into Bayolu, it's the Ali Pasha. So that's the only thing you've mentioned, though, in Beolu, is it? Yeah, Beolu is... So is there any point? Uh, yeah, the Galata Tower is nice, but Beolu is much more residential, shopping, um, eating, very good for dining, very good hotels. Uh, like, if I was to stay in Istanbul, I mean, you can say Sultanahmet always had the traditional accommodations. Um, you can also go to the little, you know, the pudding shop, which is where... Um, 
Billy, what's his face, bought the hash that landed him in jail in Midnight Express. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, the pudding shop is still there. Is it? Yeah, it's just a cafe. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's literally like steps away from the Hagia Sophia. But so all of around there, there's like a whole network of small and, and they've upgraded a lot since I started going. And so you can get a lot of mod cons and stuff, but it's more traditional um like B&Bs, like the Turkish equivalent okay. of a B&B. And Beolu is hotels and more everything from like two star to five star elegant with like opulent spas and all the rest of it. You okay. can get all that on the other side. Um, so wining and dining. Let's okay, talk a little so bit about that. As, as befits one of the great cities of the world, there is food of every style, type, and budget. Mm. Every type of international cuisine is served. Every type of international cuisine is enjoyed. The one thing is worth bearing in mind, this is, after all, a Muslim country. So, yes, you can get alcohol in a lot of restaurants, particularly in Beolu, but lots of more traditional restaurants won't serve alcohol. Um, and they'll market. Like, it's not a thing. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, to they anybody... Won't chase you out as no, being an infidel no, no, no. if you just nor, ask. Nor if you're sitting on a roadside cafe in Beolu having a beer, that anybody would look at you askance. Not even... Like, that's not this place. Yes. Istanbul is not that. The, and, and to me, as a, as a... Maybe I've been maybe five or six times. I always find it as a as a, a rewarding reminder of how cultures can coexist perfectly well. Yeah. They're not contrasting. They're not clashing. They just exist side by side. Um, so, yeah. So I would say is that like, of course, you as I said, you can get all these elegant restaurants along Ishtakal Chadisi, which is the main street that runs up, which is where I think there was the explosion last year. Do you remember mm. that was like, yeah. anyway, along, yeah, unfortunately, but along there, there's millions of restaurants, but look, keep an eye out for what they call locantas, which are just casual diners. And, and the thing to, is the, what they call ha- yemek, yemek, which is just food that's kept warm in a bain-marie, but like carvery. Yeah, no, like in a water bay, like it's kept underneath like a little... Soggy carvery. Yeah, soggy carvery. But it's really, really good. Yeah, um, I so, haven't sold that one to me now. Uh, but you can get like... Yeah, but the thing is, is that you have to see what's in the bain-marie and you can tell the waiter to take it or you can cook the same thing behind the counter so you can get it fresh. Okay. And the thing to ask is you want uh, bir portion, which is one portion, or you can get yarim portion. Okay, which is half portion. So okay, and that and that it's just a way of eating. Okay, the other thing I will mention is mez. Now mez, so you eat those in Mehan, which are the Turkish taverns, and it's like massive trays of like, how would you describe them? Um, it's like small plates of cold and hot food. The cold food comes Tapas. around. Like tapas, comes around, Turkish tapas, but it comes around on trays. The hot stuff you usually order off the menu. Okay. Um, and then, of course, there is the ultimate fast food of Turkey. I know what you're going to say. The, the doner kebab. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doner kebab, unlike anything you would get at three o'clock of a night in really Dublin. Really good doner kebab. Very, very good. I mean, fresh, tasty. Like, And you're like, you lead a doner kebab in Istanbul and go... I've been robbed. Yeah, for then, 20. do you know where they have lovely doner kebabs in Berlin and places? Yes, where huge well, of course, Turkish you have a populations. Absolutely I'm delicious. Gonna, I'm also going to guide you to a place called Inchi Pashtanesi, okay, which is okay. just off Istiklal Chadesi, which is the main street in Beolu. It's where the chocolate profiterole was created. Oh no way! I Kieran, love a profiterole. So do I. But yes. the, these are the tastiest profiteroles, and I'm a, I'm partial like. 
It's hard to mess up a profiterole no. in my mind. Mm. Best thing I've ever tasted. Really? Yep. Yeah, um, it's called Inchi Pashtanesi. I mean, there is so much Princess Island. What's Princess Island? Princess Islands are a series of islands in the in the in the in the Bosphorus. Yeah, the one. So the two that I'd bear in mind are um, what's the one? It was called uh, Hebeliada. Okay, and yeah. Buyukada. Buyukada is the is the one. And Trotsky lived on Buyukada when he was first exiled from Russia. Oh yeah. Now remember, before he ended up in Mexico with yeah, an ice pick in him, with an ice pick in his brain. Remember that you go up the Bosphorus, you get into the Black Sea, mm. and then you cross the Black Sea and you're in Odessa. Yes. You're in Russia. Yeah. And so that's how, cl- so you can say, so he, when, when he was exiled from Russia in 28. In, you're in Ukraine. Sorry, you're in Ukraine. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Very yes, con- right. controversial take there. <laughs> outing the, yourself there as a Putinist. You meant you were in the Soviet Union That's in what Trotsky's I meant. era. The old, yeah. the old yeah. Soviet Union. That wasn't a, a straying into the no. geopolitics of, no. of but Trotsky the Black Sea lived today. for a couple of years in this villa. And you can see the villa. I've been to it. Wow. I mean, you can't go into it. Okay. Well, I couldn't, but uh, maybe you can now. But anyway, so Princess Island, very popular in summertime. People yeah. just get the just the passenger ferry and go across with picnics. Uh, well, listen, it sounds great. It is one of those cities that I would uh, love to love Karen, to visit. It's, it's stunning. Yeah, stunning. Um, Istanbul. Uh, listen, as always, we'll get this up as a podcast so people can listen back and maybe scribble down a few notes for an itinerary. Tuesday travel on the hard shoulder.